Where is he? Where are you? Skull Rock. Uh, do you know it? Hello, everyone. We are broadcasting live from Skull Rock. You are joined by Stacy and Megan. Hello. Welcome back to our podcast. Welcome back to, I think it's our sixth episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been almost a month of the Skull Rock broadcast. So happy one month anniversary. <laughs> That's so exciting. How are you this morning? I'm very good, darling. Uh, it looks like it's snowing outside, but you know, that's January for you. Hard to believe that uh, we've been doing this for a month and just really got to shout out everybody who's been listening and supporting us. You guys rock. How are you doing, Megan? Yeah, I agree. Thank you so much for listening. We have really enjoyed everybody's support so far. And I'm doing great too. I kind of miss the snow. I'm jealous it's snow. It's just raining here. And the snow with Leia was so much like cleaner because it didn't actually make her wet when she went outside and played. It did look mystical. <laughs> it was so pretty. And like she would go outside and run around and not get like muddy. <laughs> she would come in and be clean. So uh, I missed the snow a little bit. Hopefully we get a, a little bit more snow this winter before it's over. But we are super excited about our episode today. We've been wanting to do this episode for a few weeks now, Mm -hmm. and we're finally getting a chance to talk about uh, one of our other favorite characters in Stranger Things and our favorite cast members, and that is Robin and Maya Hawk. So we are very excited. Oh, I'm pumped. I, I loved Robin the moment she graced the screen and said, Dingus, your children are here. So yeah, I <laughs> yeah. cannot wait to talk about her. That scene where she's like opening the window too, was that the first scene or was Steve the... is the one that opens the window when he goes Oh, you're right, again. you're right, you're right. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> I love that scene too. She's the one she's actually the working. She's at the yeah, yeah. She's the one working and he opens the window. Steve's eating bananas out back, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> So we first meet Robin, like we said, at Scoops Ahoy in what's the mall called? Starcourt Mall. Starcourt, yeah. In season three. And like we said, she right off the bat, hilarious and just plays off of Joe Keery, Steve mm-hmm. Harrington so well. And we've talked about that a ton, I guess, in our Steve Harrington episodes that I feel like <laughs> went on forever. <laughs> Yeah, um, they were a whole epic saga, yeah. But what were some of your favorite scenes for Robin in season three? Well, it's funny because I grew up watching her parents, Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman. Big, big fans of their movies. And I remember when it first aired in 2019, like, I knew that they had children together. But I had no idea that their daughter acted. So I'm watching it, the first episode, and I'm going... She looks familiar. And then right away, I did what everybody else does, went on the IMDb, had to look her up, and I went, oh, my God, that, that's Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawke's kid. She looks just like her mom. And I got to tell you, like, I rewatch every season religiously, but it's just like that was just the perfect missing piece of the puzzle, adding Robin in to season three. Um, I know originally they kind of were going in the direction of her possibly being a love interest for Steve, but then Maya was the one who brilliantly spoke up and was like, how about this instead? But I just love how right off the bat, 
She's just full of sass. Her nickname for, you know, uh, Steve is Dingus. And that they're wearing these humiliating uniforms. They're doing what we all did as teenagers, working a uh, you know, shitty job, making two bucks an hour. And just the chemistry between them is so, so good. But I really, really love that scene where, you know, she's just her almost like her rapport with um, Steve, especially when Dustin comes and they do their like lightsaber like greeting. And she's like, how many children are you friends with? Just the monotone deadpan kind of sarcasticness and I really liked that she used her brain like she was the one that cracked the code you know and Steve at first is like she's in band and she's still in school <laughs> and that's a bad look and he's just listing it all off and I love that Dustin's like well she actually sounds pretty awesome and I just like how right away she's like I'm bored I'll literally translate the Russian alphabet for you like that's yeah. pretty classic you know yeah, she's so smart to really kind of be able to pick up on those languages so quickly. And I can't remember if it was the first time that I watched or kind of like noticing it on rewatches. But I know there's kind of the idea that like Robin could have been sort of a spy because why would mm -hmm. she know Russian like why would she be able to figure this out so I just thought that was kind of I, like I was that I'm is interesting suspicious. I'm always suspicious of new characters yep. like that come in like season three of a show because and I like I was like that with Eddie at the beginning of oh, season yeah. four like is this person going to be more of a, a bad villain, guy yep. a bad guy so with her being able to kind of pick up that language so quickly and um, I, I, it was a little suspicious for me at first, but I mean, we, we fell in love with her for sure. Oh, yeah. And just like we fell in love with Eddie in season four. And I think that has to do with the actors too. I think they hit gold hitting these actors, you know, my Hawk, yeah. Joseph Quinn, but like the scene of her being like, ah, did they do it? Damn it. Whatever the hell it is. And they're like, Oh my God, Holy shit. And she's like, that's pig Latin. And just, <laughs> Steve going idiot hitting Dustin with the banana but um I'd have to say like really my top top moments would be the confession scene when she's tied up with Steve like first of all what a terrifying like ordeal you know between the elevator and then finding out that there's Russians you know underneath but I really liked them tied together with John Harrison's score from Day of the Dead playing and him at first thinking she's crying and he's trying to comfort her and her giving this big speech, which I could see being a little misleading, you know, and her just talking about how she was obsessed with him and stuff. And just like right away when she goes, you don't even remember me from that class, do you? I sat behind you two days a week and just kind of like he looks so shamed on his face. But between that and like just her concern for him, like at first it was almost like, a sibling annoyance kind of relationship them bickering back and forth but when he gets knocked out and she like runs to him going like steve what did you do to him your heart breaks so i really like that they went from serious to them highest kites arguing whether or not it's indy 300 or indy 500 which do you even know what it is i have no idea no i have no idea <laughs> we'd be having the same argument man yeah we totally would yeah but i mean they're acting in that whole end of the season when they're being tortured and then they're drugged but it's horrible what is happening to them but 
mm-hmm. you can't help but like laugh at times because yeah. of just how they're kind of acting and and how their characters kind of like come to light and that and I think sometimes people forget how terrible what they went through was because the mm-hmm. show kind of portrays it in a light-hearted way almost exactly um, yep so that it's not super dark but if 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 that was real life like you you would be traumatized for You'd sure be messed up could you imagine like I was an idiot at 17 if I discovered a Russian bunker I'd be dead you know yeah. but but I like that they kind of trauma bonded through this you know of course we had the amazing scene of her coming out and her really like you know almost like getting a brother and he's getting a sister out of her in that relationship but I do like that we see a little hint now I do love sassy sarcastic Robin okay yeah absolutely. and like I said you know, she discovered the Russian code. I liked her rapport with all the characters. But, you know, even her, like, you know, going, didn't you already, te-, you know, try the peppermint stick? But just these little one-liners. But we get to see a little flash of her personality that comes out. And I originally was arguing with people. I was like, I don't know. This seems like, you know, it's still awesome, but she seems really different. And a lot of people were like, well, now she's comfortable with these characters. So you see like a smidge of her from her personality from season four when Eleven hurts her leg and she's talking about Beth Wildfire and how she got hurt during soccer and the bone was sticking out. She's just spiraling and rambling. You kind of get to see that nervousness in her, which kind of segues for, you know, season four. But probably my all time favorite scene is her applying for family video with Steve. Yeah, that's just such a good good. Yeah, such a good transition, too, of the season three into the season four, mm-hmm. Robin and Steve, like, because their their personality in that that scene really kind of, like, gets leveled up, I guess, what you get exactly. to see of their personality. Yeah. It's only a few months later, and you see they already, like, kind of have a friendship or relationship going, you know, and it's still the same rapport going back and forth, but I love that she names all these classic great movies and Steve can't even name three, which I love the meme that went around for a while. It said, if you ever feel down on yourself, think. Steve Harrington was able to crack a Russian code and get into a Russian bunker and escape alive. But he couldn't name three movies to get a job at a video store. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just perfection. A few episodes ago, you mentioned Robin cracking a music code. And we'll talk more about that mm. in season Four, but when I was re-listening and I was like wait but Steve cracked the music code and it I was thinking of season three though yeah because Robin the cracked horse. the code with the language but Steve was the oh. one that heard the 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 music the Indiana in the flyer message yes holy shit I didn't yeah. even realize that so it's almost like switched on its head exactly she definitely was a well-loved addition to the cast it was just the perfect person to play off with joe keery you know she's very talented and like you said she was really young when she did this she was like probably 19 when they filmed it and it's just a staple now around halloween seeing people in scoops ahoy outfits i want to ask you like what were your favorite scenes once she became a little more established in season four 
Yeah, let's talk about season four. So I obviously love the season four opening for Stephen Robin. I feel like it's <laughs> just as iconic as the season three opener, if not more. So they're driving in the car. Um, they're both kind of like spiraling in their own way. Steve stressing about his love life. Robin stressing about her love life. The whole boobies conversation. And <laughs> I mean, I just now have to think of like the blooper that they released where oh it's like we're gonna have the reel of us saying boobies 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 <laughs> but steve driving her to school and like we've mentioned before like not even knowing later in the season that she doesn't have a license like why are you driving her to school then <laughs> i love that love that um but then we get to see her at the basketball game and in the marching band, which is, I mean, like Steve said, like not a good look. It's it's a great look for her. It's a great look. Come on, Steve. <laughs> Just like a different kind of nerdy, because I feel like the show kind of portrays all those different like yeah. stereotypes in high school too. But we do get to see her with Vicky and we know mm -hmm. that Vicky is going to be potentially again in season five because we've yep. seen the actress that plays her in the photo for the table read vicky's laughing at her joke about the muppet i think um yes that's it yep <laughs> then we see her at family video so mm -hmm. love getting to see them at their place of work obviously we don't get to see them as much at their place of work as we did in season yeah. three but um they were so cute and just like it's kind of an weird conversation but like the conversation where they were talking about how they wish they could combine <laughs> like, the look on steve's face he's like wait what <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. but yeah i just love getting to see her interact with the rest of the group a little bit more because we got to see her interact with dustin and erica in season three but she gets to meet max a little bit more she gets to interact with eddie which i know we both love mm -hmm. When they go to find Eddie and they find him in the boathouse, you were saying uh, that she's sort of comforting him. Yeah, like saying, like, I, I went through this before, too. And then I love getting to see her interact with Nancy. So the whole library scene. Is, so because we hilarious. all kind of we all kind of felt like Nancy a little bit like, oh, my God, shut up. But. <laughs> It's just they play off each other so well. And I love that right away. But Nancy's like, well, why doesn't Steve just go and pick you up? Which I'm like, okay, Nancy, calm down. But I love that right away the platonic with a capital P comes out. You know, that's just, I don't know. I always laugh at that scene. Yeah. And I think Natalia does a great job with that acting and that scene too. Because isn't there the one seat, the one shot where she's like looking at all the newspaper you. slides yep yeah <laughs> but then obviously when they go to penhurst and she has to wear nancy's clothes let's check with her outfit for a moment like her walking in heels is kind of like me walking in heels yeah like, oh same same <laughs> so good and i love her speech to the like the head of the hospital like talk about like that's the real barbie speech ladies and gentlemen her being yeah. like these aren't even my clothes and just losing it i love that her nervous rambling gets them in to see yeah 
what the hell? Yeah, definitely. That was that was a good moment. And like you said, her figuring out the clue with the mm-hmm. song, which ended up helping Steve save Max. Yeah. Was a good moment there. Oh, and classic, like the four of them in the boat on Lover's Lake. Like that whole Love. scene definitely has my heart, but like when she grabs the cigarette out of Eddie's mouth. Gross. And just the I look kinda, of horror. I kind of hated her for that, though. Like, let the man have, like, his vice yeah. for a second. This is a stressful moment. <laughs> and, like, you know, Steve Harrington is shirtless in front of him. Let him have his moment. <laughs> let him have a smoke. I really yeah. love the way she gets onto the boat, too. And it took me so many rewatches when Steve offers his a hand. And she goes, I'm just going to do this. And she puts her palms down on the top of their heads and steps into the boat. Just little subtle things like that and her going like, Justin, your your compass is going, you know, wacky with a capital, ah, you know, little things like that. Her plugging her nose, falling yeah, backwards. falling backwards like, into the water. <laughs> that's what I would and, do. Um, she's like arguing with, with Eddie at that moment. Like, mm-hmm. like he, he doesn't want her to go. He's like, she's in you, charge. You said she's in charge. I really loved their chemistry, her and Joseph Quinn. They only had a few moments really, really together. But, like, there's a subtle moment at Skull Rock and the Upside Down when she's just a klutz and, you know, the earthquake hits. And he grabs her before she goes ass over tea kettle and, like, actually, you know, takes the blunt of the, you know, freaking fall. But also, I have to say my favorite moment is the famous, I don't know what those stains are. The look that Maya Hawk gives. Yeah. It's probably my favorite moment in the whole show with those two. The facial I was like, expressions on the both of them in that scene are oh, good. hilarious. Yeah, definitely. So she's such a huge part of season four. I can't wait to see what they're going to do. Like, obviously, in the last, you know, few episodes, we got to see her, you know, go into the upside down. And I love the whole, like, you know, what does he want us to do? Applaud? Like... They just have such a sibling relationship, her and Steve. But, you know, it also made my heart break when the vines grab her and she calls out for Steve and Nancy because she's terrified. But we get to see her almost be a badass while Nancy's wielding the shotgun. She's throwing the Molotov cocktails. So, you know, we get to see her. We get to kind of see a nice moment with her and Vicky at the end. A little hopeful, you know, but there's this subtle moment, which I, you know, her as a character by herself is amazing but i really do love her with steve their friendship it's when the pizza van shows up and nancy and jonathan embrace and you just see steve and it's like a fraction of a second of a shot he looks so heartbroken and robin's rubbing his back like it's okay yeah like she's there for him and it's funny i also like their conversation where they're like making the molotov cocktails and they're talking about like steve is so hyper focused on Vicky and Robin trying to make her feel better. Vicky, yeah, and and Robin's like Steve, like not everything is about our love lives. Like mm-hmm. it's a little bit more than that, and it definitely, I think, reflects Robin's kind of role as like it's more than just the love triangle and the relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, and their friendship is deeper than that, and the end of the world kind of that's happening kind of trumps <laughs> these like silly love 
triangle. So exactly. I think that's such a great moment. And I'm so glad you picked that out. The whole Henry slash one slash Vecna. You know, you have to see these moments between these two really good friends. And she even says it. She's like, you know, I just have a really funny feeling about this, but we have to try. Nobody else will. And that's why a lot of people are like, dear God, like if something, God forbid, happens to one of them, you better take them both out because I can't stomach it. Yeah. Same as what I've said with like Steve and Dustin. Like, I don't think. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like. I, I can't see either one of them being able to cope with the loss of the other and exactly the same with Robin and yeah. Steve. Like, tearing them apart would just be, like, cruel. Oh, terrible. Yeah. And that's why I got, like, and I know you and I, we were, like, kids in a candy store when Ross Duffer released that photo of Joe Carey and Maya Hawk in their costumes. Uh-huh. And we kind of were like, oh, is that a radio station? It's just so nice to see them together. We don't know what their storyline is going to be like. You know, we don't know if it's going to be a job, a hangout, whatever. But just seeing them together, these two actors that work so well with each other, I cannot wait to see whatever they have planned because the writing of those two characters were brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. So very excited to see what they do with that in season five. Which, Megan, do you know, let's see if you know this, do you know that uh, my Hawk's brother is in Stranger Things. I did. So it's at the video store. Good when girl. Yep. They, <laughs> when they are um, talking to Max and Dustin come in. And it's funny mm-hmm. because Steve has just been like helping a girl kind of find a movie. And they're like, and Dustin's like, if you would put as much like effort into trying <laughs> to find Eddie, like rather than finding a girlfriend. And he's like, I treat all the customers the same. And like, as he's saying that, like Maya Hawk's brother is walking into the video store. A little cameo, which is, this is what really makes you feel your age. I remember like Uma and I think she was pregnant before filming Kill Bill and with him, with her Maya Hawk's brother. And I remember reading about it. And now he's a full-grown adult. And I'm just like, what? what Does is that time? Does you feel old? <laughs> I'm ready for the freaking home right now. I'm like, are you kidding me? She's had quite a career already, too, for being so young. She has. So let's talk a little bit about Maya and other things that she's done. If you scroll IMDb, like, I haven't really seen a lot of them, but mm-hmm. she's been in so many projects with which I feel like you said, yes, she has that advantage of like being a child of Hollywood actors, mm-hmm. but I don't think she really exploits that advantage. She still does things in an authentic way and things that are meaningful to her. Absolutely. She was one of the few people when that article came out about Nepo babies, you know, and she shared the same opinion that 30 years ago Brandon Lee, Bruce Lee's son, had. He was like, yes, because of who my parents or parents are, I do have more opportunities than other people have had, but it's up to me to keep that door open. And Maya Hawk basically quoted the same exact thing. She was like, well, I understand I have privileges that other people don't have because my parents are in the industry, but you know, they basically taught me at a very young age, it's up to me and my craft to keep it going. And I think she's already proven that because at 19, her doing what she was doing in season three, incredible. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's funny because like we said, 
she was so young. And actually, I think she was a little bit closer to Gaten's age in that that show than she was to Joe Keery's age because he's like seven years older than her. Mm -hmm. Gaten's only four years younger than her. So that's insane. Just the fact that she could do such a great job with that role. Mm -hmm. And I mean, obviously, age doesn't really matter because all of those kids in that show, and they're not even kids anymore, but they're amazing. And we're definitely going to talk more about all of them as we continue with this podcast because we're just huge fans of all the cast members. But yeah, it's funny that she was closer in age to Gaten than Jokiri. But what else have you watched that she's been in? So I recently saw her in the Netflix movie Do Revenge. You actually recommended that to me. Yeah, um, it's so fun. Blown away with how 90s and like you said, fun it was. It felt like a modern day 10 things I hate about you or like going mm-hmm. back to the 80s Heathers. And I don't know, I'm a sucker for really great clothes, even though, you know, most of my, you know, <laughs> wardrobe is T-shirts with Eddie on them. But literally the costume designs are amazing. And Maya plays a really great, complicated character that you can't yes. help but love. That was a really fun project of ours. And I love that she had a bearded dragon as a pet. Yeah, that was so random. But Those things are terrifying. <laughs> a fun little touch. Yeah, she did a great job in that movie. And like you said, played a really kind of multifaceted character and, and got to sort of have a lot of range in like mm-hmm. who she was. She was a little bit of a chameleon. <laughs> um, <laughs> Almost like a bearded dragon. <laughs> yeah. Um, in like the different parts of her her character and personality that she played but that was a lot of fun and she actually was nominated for an mtv movie award for her role in that movie really i wonder if that was the same year igq won it was it was the same year that joseph quinn won um Best Breakout Performance or something? Best Breakout Performance. You're right. But she was nominated for Best Duo for Do Revenge with her co-star, Camila Mendez. That's really cool. I think they they were, yeah, definitely a great duo. And I was voting for her all the time for that. Oh, hell Um, yeah. um, Since I was on there voting for Joseph Quinn every day. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like, man, I feel like I'm 15 again. This is so much fun. Simpler days. And she actually also won a Saturn Award for season three of Stranger Things for Best Supporting Actress in a streaming presentation. That's really cool. And I know we kind of followed the Saturn Awards this year, too, because Joseph Quinn was nominated. That's awesome. Yeah, I've been following them for years because I like horror and Mm -hmm. fantasy. Um, So that's really cool and well-deserved, too, because whoever, like, you know, Ross Duffer and the people who do the casting— like I said, you know, she came into a popular show in season three, just like how Joseph Quinn came in at season four and was very well received. Now, that doesn't always happen, but I think, you know, the stars just aligned and she took off the way she did. Other awards that she won. I have not seen this film, but it was called As They Slept. So it was a Hunter Mountain Film Festival movie. Okay. And she won Best Actress in 2019 in that film. And she won a Women's Image Network Award 
mm. for her role in the Little Women miniseries that she was a part of. Oh, yeah. So she played Joe March, which I have not seen that miniseries, but I love the story Little Women. Me I mean, too. I read it, read the book when I was in elementary school, and I remember loving it. Um, Wynonna Ryder was in the movie, I guess. Was that the original movie? That was the 90s one. So there's one okay. way back in the day with Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah. Okay. And then there's one in the 90s with Winona, and that was the one I grew up knowing. Yeah. So that's awesome that they were kind of, you know, in a different adaptation of the same novel, which is such a good story, you know? Right. And, and Fear Street. So was it Fear Street Part 1? Fear Street Part 1, R.L. Stein, he decided to do, like, teen books for a while in the 90s. And they decided, Netflix was, this was a pretty good idea of theirs. They were like, all right, we're going to adapt and make a little universe. And we're going to do three movies and release them all over the course of one month during the summer. So they did 1994, 1978, and then, like, 1666. And she was only in the opening scene of 1994 um reminded me a lot of Drew Barrymore scene in Scream um it was funny seeing her in a slasher mm-hmm. I am guilty now I'm a huge I know you're not but I'm a huge slasher and horror fan and I think everyone will enjoy the story I saw 78 because it has Sadie in it who's incredible that's part two that's the like prequel in the 70s and she's amazing in it and Maya is in 94 and she's actually it's shot in a mall I have watched about half of that movie and I thought it was funny that she was in a mall at the right? beginning <laughs> right away I was like a Walden books I remember those I never finished it because when I was watching it summer 2021 when it aired I was eating Pringles and I took a bite of a Pringle and a huge chip of my Pringle went right into my eyeball and I panicked and I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I'm like, how will I explain this to the ER? So I spent half the night getting a Pringle crumb, you know, shard of Pringle out of my <laughs> eyeball. And by then I just lost interest. But oh gosh. only Stacy, all of my hardcore slasher movie and horror fans, um, friends, yeah, fans, uh, friends. <laughs> Let's, let's edit that out. That sounded pretentious as fuck. You can keep that in if you want. All of my horror movie friends that are fans. There we go. Say that nine times fast. Jesus. They all said, like, you would love it because it does so many homages to not only the young adult books that we grew up, you know, reading, getting at the book fair, also all these great classic slashers. And yeah. seeing Maya in that kind of role I thought was fun, especially still staying in the netflix universe i thought was really cool so that was a cool project yeah definitely i don't know that i watched it a lot but it sort of gave me the same vibes as like are you afraid of the dark back in the very 90s (laughs) yeah (laughs) just because i wasn't really into the scary stuff but i i did watch that show once in a while but it ended up being a fun movie the half that i saw before the pringle incident so yeah you said you saw a little bit of Asteroid City. I haven't caught that yet. So I started Asteroid City. Um, apparently, it sounds like we like don't finish movies by this Apparently, You don't have a Pringle <laughs> as an excuse, though. I did not have a Pringle as an excuse. But it's long. It's a long movie. And it's a mm-hmm. Wes Anderson film. And I don't think I've ever seen a Wes Anderson film. But I know it was like that tiktok trend or instagram trend for a while when that was coming out of like yes like making your 
your life like a Wes Anderson movie, but <laughs> it's such unique cinematography style. What mm-hmm. I was thinking as I was watching, it's like there's not a lot of motion. So it's like a picture, like you're okay. looking at a picture and then the actors are in this scene almost as if it's like a photograph and they're barely moving. So like you go just from like picture to picture and that's kind of like how I would describe it. So there's not a lot of motion. Okay. Sometimes when there is, it's very just like sudden. I know there was like this one scene where a kid like jumped off of a roof and it was just like, he just like dropped. <laughs> but like the camera was not moving and like the camera is still and it just drops. Like <laughs> the two people that work for the school system were cackling over a child falling off a roof. Well, and that's so funny that you say that because Maya plays a teacher. Oh, really? So she has this little class of kids that she's like taking around in the town, and it's it's a very it's a very interesting movie. I had no idea what the premise was when I watched it, but it's sort of they're putting on a play. Mm-hmm. And Asteroid City is the play, but when you're watching the Asteroid City scenes, it looks more realistic than when you're seeing, like, the actual real life. Like, when you're seeing the real life stuff of making the play, that looks like a play. I I don't know how to describe it. It's, like, a weird, like, opposites kind of thing. That's pretty (laughs) cool, though. I mean, I'm confused as hell, but yeah, that sounds cool. (laughs) So she plays... um, like a character in the play and mm-hmm. and they're all in this city where like an asteroid has hit and there's this there's a lot of kids because it's a competition for different like science nerd type kids oh, cool. um, yeah so it's funny and her character is really sweet she doesn't have a lot of lines but it's mm-hmm. almost like nobody in that movie because there's yeah. so many people in it it's like, a stacked cast yeah nobody really has a lot of <laughs> lines i was mm-hmm. like having a hard time figuring out like who's the main character here <laughs> so <laughs> it was a cool project that she got to be a part of i definitely um want to revisit that and finish it up at some point She's going to be in Maestro. I know that's out already. Bradley Cooper's new movie. I saw her yeah. at the video of her at the premiere. I know she's in that, but does she have anything else coming out soon? She does have a couple other projects that are pretty cool. So I think this is perfect for her. So I didn't see it. I don't watch a lot of kids like cartoon movies. Oh my God. I know what you're going to say. She yep. is going to be in the new Inside Out movie. Mm-hmm. So that's the movie where they're all the little all the emotions are like little characters. And I've heard yeah. it's really good. Like I have a bunch of friends who have kids who watch a lot of these movies. Love that stuff. Yeah. And I've heard it's good. So she's going to be voicing the emotion of anxiety. <laughs> Which fitting. <laughs> so fitting. Like that's going to be perfect. perfect for her. Because I mean, we know as Robin, she has... <laughs> Definitely showed that she can play anxiety in a very, in a very good way. So that's exciting. Mm -hmm. But there was this other cool project that showed up in IMDb when I looked it up. And I don't really know if this is for sure that she's going to be a part of this project. But Mm -hmm. there's a film that's in pre-production called Revolver. And this is a project by we've mentioned her on the podcast before kate trafrey 
who made that short film, yes, How to yep. Be Alone. Mm-hmm. And I told you she actually has written on Stranger Things. And she was the writer. I misspoke when I was talking about her for the play, The First Shadow. Mm-hmm. She wrote that play. Oh, my God. But she has this screenplay called Revolver, mm-hmm. which is as of yet unreleased. But apparently it's been in the works for a while because I looked and it won some sort of blacklist award for unreleased screenplays back in like 2016 or 2017 Mm -hmm. and the description here says a devoted Beatles fan attempts to break into the Alaskan hotel the band is staying in with hopes (laughs) of meeting George Harrison and apparently it's based on actual events that's so (laughs) this I mean I'm so intrigued by this project because Apparently, the screenplay is really good. I I think Kate is awesome. I think I'm realizing that I'm such a big fan of so many of her projects. Mm-hmm. And I love the Beatles. So there you go. And if Maya Hawk is going to be a part of this, that would be amazing. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see what comes of that because that sounds really interesting. Yeah, that sounds like that could be really entertaining. And yeah. going after George, too. Wow. <laughs> All right. Okay, interesting choice, right? Interesting choice, you know. More (laughs) Paul gal, but that's okay. (laughs) One thing I just thought of too: she was on the Dior campaign, same as Joseph Quinn, right? Yep, yep. That was very cool with her pink hair. All those commercials looked so so cool, and I know that they. I think it was a couple of months ago um that they were at the same kind of fashion Paris show fashion yeah. show and mm-hmm. it was really cool seeing them sit together and stuff because you're like oh it's eddie and robin you know so yeah. I, yeah i love that she's got that going on on the side too and like i said i've mentioned it before i have the perfume i'll be bringing it next time i see you megan and um it smells nice so i'm glad they're repping something that you know smells great <laughs> Yeah. Well, also coming back to Robin a little bit, she does have one of those tie-in novels. So Rebel Robin, I have not read it, but just like Eddie got the tie-in novel, Robin had one originally. And I know we were all kind of disappointed that Joseph Quinn did not voice the narration for the audiobook, but for rebel robin maya hawk does do the narration for the audiobook that's so cool i love that i've been i've been wanting to listen to it and there was kind of like a tie-in podcast that they did for that book so i'm not really sure how that works but i know that there was the book the audiobook but then there was also a podcast that maya hawk was a part of Mm -hmm. as kind of like a companion to the novel so i've definitely wanted to check that out that's really interesting you know i would love to definitely read that because it gives you a glimpse a little bit as a background and even though it's really not like said out loud like robin could be representing you know autism adhd ocd you know it was the 80s before really that stuff was getting labeled and I think she's just such a likable character, too, you know, and I really love that Maya was the one that fought for her storyline and whatnot. So definitely anything I can find to do more backstory on these characters, I'm all for it, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I know that that all of the novels are kind of like canon adjacent, like sometimes the writing of the show might diverge from what happened in the novel. So we kind of have to take it with a grain of salt because I think what I've heard is that 
they say in the book that Robin kind of knew Barb also, which I think would have kind of been an interesting friendship to explore. Yeah. Now you are lucky, which, oh, so envious, so envious. You were able to see her in concert because not only is she a fantastic actress, she's also a musician. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Similarly to our our favorite Jokiri, she has music projects as well. And I think it's so funny how many of the cast members in Stranger mm-hmm. Things also kind of do music. Yeah. But Maya Hawkins has a beautiful voice. And mm. I don't know if you've ever listened to any of her songs, but she has two albums. The first one came out in 2020 and is called Blush. So I listened to it a few times before I went to see her. And it's it's very beautiful. I feel like her music has kind of like an ethereal, how do you say that word? Like ethereal. Uh, ethereal, yes. Yep. Um, kind of sound. And then her 2022 album was called Moss. So bunch of songs on that album that I'm a huge fan of. Tress is like a really popular one. Luna Moth is popular. I also really love Sweet Tooth. It's like a fun kind of um a fun sound and a fun mm-hmm. kind of upbeat song. But I got to see her perform live at the 930 Club in Washington DC and she did sort of a little bit of a world tour. She was in Europe, I think, oh, wow. and then came to a few cities in the states. It wasn't a ton of shows, maybe Mm -hmm. like a dozen or so, but it was a pretty wide, like, expanse of places where she went and toured. And I know at the beginning of the tour, she was actually doing meet and greets also. Oh, my God. Which a bunch of people in Europe especially got to sort of meet her, talk to her before the show. And that would have been a really cool experience. I, I didn't buy the meet and greet And I was like, kind of feeling like I was disappointed that I didn't. And then she ended up canceling them. So there we go. That worked out. I was like, oh, it all worked out. But I think she said that it was too much for her voice because, yeah, she was talking so much with fans. So she had to rest her voice and just kind of did the rest of her shows without the meet and greet aspect, which kind of worked out for me because I didn't get to miss out on it. It was a great show. She's such an interesting performer. You can just kind of like see her personality. So that was really cool. And her band was great. And she kind of like interacted so well with like her band members during the show. She had like had multiple kind of like times where she stopped and kind of talked to the audience. And there was this one part where she said she likes to just kind of like improv, make up a song like wow on the fly so she would like ask like the audience to just like throw out random words or phrases and then she kind of like went with it and just literally like wrote a song right in front of us like and sang it damn so super talented super creative beautiful voice such a fun performer she it seemed that she was very comfortable on the stage she was like Mm -hmm. sitting down on the stage and yeah, it was it was really awesome to be able to have that experience. And then I did buy a poster oh, cool. that was signed. So I do have like an autograph. Love of her. that. So even though I didn't get to meet her, I bought like the signed poster. So that was cool. Good girl. I love that. <laughs> I'll have to check her music out. Now I'm intrigued too. Yes, definitely do. So 
has anything been going on filming wise with the production so far for season five? Yeah, so we haven't had a ton this week, but Stranger Things on their broadcast channel on Instagram released some set photos. So we got some more bulletin boards from the school. We got some lockers. So it seems like they're kind of working on the sets at the high school. We got a picture of like yearbooks. Mm -hmm. And I just thought it was cool to see those photos because you just don't even think about sometimes how much detail gets put into those sets. They're just going to be filming scenes, and I'm sure you are just going to get such a quick glimpse at mm-hmm. those lockers. Maybe it's open and somebody's shutting it as they walk away. But, like, the fact that they put so much work and so much effort into creating this, like, perfect, like, background set to the show, yeah. I'm sure it's just a huge task. And the fact that they put that much detail into it is what makes it such an amazing show i think or one Mm -hmm. of the reasons it's such an amazing show so it was cool to see those um we had some leaked filming locations but there was one it's not really a spoiler because like we know max has been in the hospital also i had seen one of those casting calls a few weeks ago where they were looking for people to play background extras in um like a medical capacity so we knew that there were probably going to be some hospital scenes or something like that so we do have kind of confirmation that they were filming at a hospital set Hawkins Memorial Hospital was like on the side of the building mm-hmm. and um, it looked like there were kind of bikes outside the hospital mm. I did just see this morning an ambulance so that was Ooh. a little interesting because the fact that an ambulance is pulling up at the hospital, I don't know if it's like a new hospital situation or we know we've always kind of wanted to see that aftermath of mm-hmm. season four with I'm sure they would be taking people to the hospital. So who knows? But we do know that there are going to be some hospital scenes, which not surprising. No. What about merch, Stacey? Is there any new merch? Ooh. All right. So for merch, and I am pronouncing this the right way, obligated, right? Yes. Obligated. Obligated art. They are on Instagram and Twitter, I believe. They are amazing. They're probably one of my favorite, 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 probably top three favorite. Fan artists, right? Steady artists. <laughs> <laughs> Caught myself. Take a shot every time I say steady, guys. Um, yeah, it's, it's the new drinking game for all rock game. broadcast. <laughs> I'm just like, you know what? I refuse to change. Um, I'm just going to mispronounce everything. But Obligated <laughs> Art was an artist that I discovered very early on. And they have this beautiful, beautiful talent of being able to make these gorgeous pieces of both Joe Keery and joseph quinn which are kind of difficult faces to do and i followed them for quite some time now i actually half of my living room including my kitchen it's covered in prints from theirs um and they always do the coolest reels showing their process of how they make their pieces and they sync it up to just the coolest music and um i would definitely say give them a follow they have an imprint store i believe and they sell their prints. They're really reasonable. But if you are a Stranger Things fan, a Joe Keery fan, um, uh, you know, a Joseph Quinn fan, or a 
steady steady fan definitely buy from them because their artwork is downright gorgeous like they do pieces based off cast or they did a whole series of every season that steve was beaten up you know like like bloody really steve cool. their bloody, bloody steve, steve stuff is perfect <laughs> so so good like i didn't realize how big a print that i actually bought recently it was one of their newer prints it's freaking huge and i have no idea where i'm gonna hang it so right now i just randomly put it in my kitchen and it's um a little erotic little erotic but you know <laughs> goes with the theme of the house it's fine but um, Obligated Art, give them a follow. They are so, so talented. Yeah, let's definitely continue to shout out some of our favorite fan artists on this podcast for sure. Um, what about the Pops? I know there's new Pops. There are new Pops. So they released actually a set that's going to be coming out. And a few people were a little upset that it wasn't steve in the package. It was Dustin. But I kind of get why they did what they did. And mm -hmm. it's the same robin nancy and dustin pops the battle ones that we got but eddie and i'm a sucker if it's painted differently i'm a sucker i'm like i need it take my money it he almost looks like a very pretty shade of blue and red so there's this long box that's going to be coming out sometime in the spring but what really got me excited was they're doing another black light eddie but instead of him shredding his guitar it's the same mold as the og pop that came out that sold out really quick and this is the one that I instantly thought of you. There is going to be a Steve and Robin blacklight pop set. And it just looks super 80s and awesome. And I heard it's going to be mid to late February. And those are going to be Target exclusives. Oh, very cool. Yeah, the blue and the red, it's very... And it's him playing the guitar, right? Mm -hmm. So Holding it. it's, yep. it's definitely the lighting from that scene. Um from master of puppets was like the blue and yep. red kind of lighting so i get that color scheme and i think it's really cool all right are you ready for some rapid fire i think so all right here we go favorite of the og kids which one dustin same yeah dustin i mean i love all of them so much but I think Dustin. I love Dustin. I remember like my sister caught like just a moment of him. This is before she got into the show. I was watching it over her house. And it was when he offers Nancy the sausage and pepperoni pizza. And she was like, oh, like yeah. she just was so touched by that. And he kind of gave Goonie vibes, you know? Yeah. Um, I love Dustin. So that was cute. And it was like, I don't know. I, I related to Nancy so much when I first watched the show because I was an older sister and mm -hmm. had I have two younger brothers, but um like it was just cute like having her her younger brother's friend like offering her pizza mm -hmm. like <laughs> and just kind of saying like, Oh, she used to be cool, she used to hang out with us and like yep. dress up for our campaign, like that was kind of like I could co totally see that and like the fact that Dustin like missed her doing that. Oh, and then she danced it with him at the dance at the end. I gotta of, tell you. Was that season two? That's season two in that moment because your heart breaks for poor Dustin. But that was I really had to cheer for Nancy in that moment because it was just so touching and so sweet. So I'm really glad they had that moment because Dustin yeah. is just he's the. He's the heart, man. I got to tell we you. We need to remember that for, I know we just said we might do an episode with like underrated like friendships and duos. Mm. 
So Dustin and Nancy, like that's definitely one for that episode too. So I like that a lot. <laughs> All, right. All right, here we go. You can only pick one. Favorite shot. Favorite shot in the entire series. Okay, so it's because I think it's so impressive. It's the one shot that they did in season four in California at their new house. Because have you seen anything like about that shot? Yes. I feel like there was like behind the scenes stuff about it, but I don't know. I don't know where I saw that, but um, it's the shooting scene. So when the, the, the um, people come to the buyer's house it's like they've got the security guards there kind of like watching them um but then the bad guys show up and it's mike will um jonathan Jonathan. and they have to get out of the house and like into the van with argyle but Mm -hmm. they did that they like apparently they rehearsed all day and then what you see is like the only shot they did. Of it was that all done scene. like one take, basically. And one take, one wow. shot. The camera never leaves. Like you're just seeing the camera just pan the whole time from when the shooting starts to like when they like jump in the van with Argyle and, and drive off. And they've mm-hmm. got the the wounded like guy with them too. Yeah. Um, but that it, I just think it was very impressive. It's so impressive cinematography wise. I originally thought the scene where they rescue Steve, that was all one shot. There's one moment where it like zooms into a bat and then it pulls up. I think okay. that's where they were able to cut. Yeah. Um, but that's very interesting. Now I'm going to have to rewatch that scene and see it because just think one thing goes wrong, one, you know, bullet effects, they have to start yeah. all over again. So that's, that's yep. really impressive. Wow. Good choice. Yeah. Thanks. What about you? You know, it's a little cheesy, but I think it's such a beautiful shot. It's at the end of Dear Billy, right after Max says her iconic line, I'm still here, and you yeah. hear the instrumental. Oh, it gives me of, chills. Right, <laughs> chills of running up that hill, and it's the sun setting, and it's just the silhouette of them all holding her. Yeah. I'm like, that would make a hell of a tattoo. Like, that's just such a beautiful, beautiful moment that I'm sure we were all in the same state of shock that that had yeah. happened when we first watched it, but it it's almost beautiful, like a painting. So yeah, it is. And um, I know I talked about on a previous episode, kind of like when I was watching the piggyback and just like my brain chemistry like changed, mm-hmm. but that was another episode. Like I like turned to that episode off And I was just like, what did I just watch? And I immediately, I mean, I understand why that song became so popular because I immediately looked Mm -hmm. up that song because I was like, what was that song? And it was funny because it had sounded familiar to me and it was familiar because right before season four of Stranger Things dropped, I was in a really deep hyperfixation with the vampire diaries and they actually use that song a cover of that song who has the the placebo one yes the placebo cover of that song Mm -hmm. in like one of the first episodes of the vampire diaries so i was like oh that's why it sounds so familiar so yeah isn't that cool i just love that kate bush i mean we're gonna do our music episode very soon but i do love that kate bush 
you know, just kind of was on the top of the charts again and made so much money off a, sh you know, a song that she made almost 40 years ago. So you go, girl. Like, you know, yeah, that was exactly. amazing. And I love that we're kind of teasing a few of our upcoming episodes because mm. we teased the underrated duos, teasing our music episode. <laughs> we might we have something special planned. planned for Valentine's Day. Yeah. <laughs> Just so. stay tuned, guys. All right. What is your favorite piece of Stranger Things merchandise that you own? That I own? Um, I mean, I guess it would have to be my Legos. I um, thought you were going to say that because that's awesome. Yeah. I also really like the flashlight. Why don't we say I'll talk to you in our secret segment at the end about the flashlight and why that's a little meaningful to me. I'm Ooh, writing it okay. down. <laughs> but And then also I have some fan art that I have a print of that I can talk to about at the end too. Ooh, I can't wait. So I'll say my Legos for now. What about you? You have so much. How how could you choose a favorite? <laughs> it's hard. Like usually when people ask me, I go, well, the rock that Brandy got me from Skull Rock. Because she yeah. was like, what do you want me to bring back for you because she's so awesome because the Stranger Things experience was happening and I was like bring me back a rock because that's me but um I'd say besides the rock I love my Steve Pops those are my babies and I do love my Chrissy Wake Up arcade game just the fact that it like plays the music and lights up that's pretty cool but um yeah, yeah it's, awesome. it's hard it's like choosing between children it's so yeah. nice choice <laughs> you know but um all right I'm gonna do some quick would you rather Okay. okay. Battle of Starcourt or Massacre at Hawkins Lab? Oh my gosh. Yep. Talk about Sophie's Choice. Battle of Starcourt, I guess. <laughs> right? That's so hard. I would lean a little towards. God, I, I don't even know if I could answer. I'd say Battle of Starcourt just because it felt like such a movie, but mm -hmm. Massacre at Hawkins Lab. I know. Yeah. They're both so good. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Master of Puppets or Running Up That Hill? Running Up That Hill. Really? Master yeah. of Puppets. Yeah. Yeah. I think as a music, I mean, maybe as a, see, I don't even know. Like, obviously, I love Eddie, so that's a good yeah. moment. Um, in but the would show you find yourself listening Eddie. to Master of Puppets more than Running no. Up That Hill? No. There you like, go. if I was just going to listen to it in the car, like, I would listen to Running Up That Hill. Mm -hmm. family video or scoops ahoy scoops ahoy i think i don't know <laughs> i mean i love me a video store but come on those uniforms scoops ahoy dude family video is so nostalgic though like i definitely have fond memories as a kid again we're just like true 90s kids in this episode mm -hmm. but you know going to the video store with my brothers and my dad on friday night and getting to like rent a movie but this is so funny because i'm such a weirdo i would just rent the same movie all the time oh yeah yeah like i was like why didn't my parents just buy me this movie and i would rent <laughs> i'll cut this out maybe what was one of your what was one of your favorites tell well, us let me tell you the two movies that i remember hyper fixating on and renting all the time andre the movie about the seal. With the seal, yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which I think is actually played by a sea lion in the movie. But <laughs> loved that movie. And then Sabrina with Harrison Ford. <laughs> Have you ever seen? 
No, I thought you were going to say The Teenage Witch. No, it's a movie called Sabrina. And it has Harrison Ford in it. And I don't know why I loved that movie so much. I'm going to have to look it up now. Now I'm intrigued. Well, you know what's so funny? So um, I'm currently in the process of selling my VHS collection. Just simply, I'm moving on from it. I've had it for years. And I met this really cool dude. His name was Hunter. Shout out, Hunter. Um, he actually, like, fell in love with Stranger Things. I thought it was such a coincidence that I randomly found him off Facebook Marketplace. And he was like, yeah, I'm trying to look for a Camaro, like, that Billy drives. And he was like, I cut my hair into a mullet, which he really did. And um, huge, huge Stranger Things fan. He was like, yeah, I just want to bring back the nostalgia of, like, you know, video stores. And I'm like, I think that's why these are so popular. And I know Joe Keery was asked, Scoops Ahoy or Family Video. And he chose Family Video because the same thing as us, because we're all it's similar It's so nostalgic. Age. Yeah. It was a big part of our childhoods, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't know, did you know that Family Video was an actual video chain? It took me a while to figure it out, but yeah. Yeah, because when I first watched the show, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we had like a local video store that wasn't like a chain. Yeah. And then there were like blockbusters. But like Same. my parents would never take us to blockbuster because it was too expensive. Yeah. You'd go to the like <laughs> one that you had to be a member of. I remember Exactly. That. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I didn't realize that Family Video was an actual movie chain. But when I was on my road trip, I saw one. That's in amazing. Michigan. Were you hanging out the window? Um, it was not open anymore, obviously. Damn. It was closed. And I, it was, I think it was for sale. Like the building was for sale. But like mm -hmm. we drove by it and I was like all struck. I was like, oh my gosh, it's real. Yeah. Um, all right. Two more left. Okay. Steve's BMW or Billy's Camaro? Steve's BMW. Same. I love a Camaro, yeah. but love that BMW. Yeah. It looks just so generic and like, like you said, I think you've told me before, like that was like a nice car, oh, but yeah. like now you wouldn't think of that as like a nice car. Like it's a boxy burgundy car, but yeah. the fact that he's driven the same car all throughout the season, which I also, I always wonder, I'm like, man, he must've had an extra set. Cause remember when he's like the key, the car's off the board in season three, he's like the Russians took the keys forever ago. Must have had an extra set. All right, last one. Demogorgon or Demodog? Demodog. Dart. Loved Dart. Same. <laughs> Same. Him and his three musketeers. He's a big oh fan of nougat. <laughs> love, love, loved that. The shot of them all dying and him dying next to the rapper. I was like, that is sadder than freaking Bambi. Like, that is, that's heartbreaking. Yeah. I think he ate a cat live, but I'm like, <laughs> he's dying near his candy wrapper. I know. Rapper. I don't understand how I can like Dart when I'm, like, such a cat person, and he literally <laughs> ate the cat. But, like, it's kind of like he didn't know better. Like, he was no, hungry. Was <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That was so fun. I think we are done for today. Super fun episode. Thank you so much for listening. Find us on social media at Skull Rock Broadcast. If you're on Instagram, we're definitely most active on Instagram, but mm -hmm. you can find us anywhere. And yeah, let us know what you thought of the show and of this episode. Bye, guys. Over and out.
sucker. Harrington's got it. Don't you, big boy? All right, we are back. Woo! I'm so excited. I have lots of stuff I wanted to talk about today. So Ooh, I'm I'll excited. go ahead and okay. let you let you start though anything you wanted to mention of things that you've been reading so i actually you sent me this uh, either last night or this morning it had to be last night and um it, it was my dream come true it was a gator stranger things like fargo stranger things mashup crossover yeah oh my god amazing <laughs> i like instantly sent it to brandy i was like could you fucking imagine like whoa um, so thank you for I that. I haven't that read it great. yet. I haven't read it yet. So <laughs> I've heard good things though, and I'm really? I'm excited to read it. <laughs> There's a threesome scene, right? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So if you know me in real life, just like tune out for a second. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, my favorite threesomes to read lately. I sent you a few of those too, and I don't know mm-hmm. if you read them. <laughs> But is Steve, Eddie, and Tommy, which oh. who, would have, who would have thought? Like literally, so that actor who's also on this like Shutter show called Dead Wax. It was only one season, Ooh, okay. And um, he's just a cutie patootie. And even though Tommy plays such an asshole, I kind of like it when he pops up and fix. So whenever there's something going on with those three, especially, I'm like, yeah. So I was so happy you sent me that stuff. I was like, uh, you get it. You're picking up yeah. on going down. <laughs> what have you been reading, girl? Because I know you said you've been diving into some cool stuff. So my current read is a fic that was recommended by our friend Jen, who is Tell Me a Story. So she sent this to me, and it's called The Most I Could Give to You is Nothing at All. And it's by Sleeping Off Your Demons. And I'm... A little less than halfway. I've been really enjoying it, though, and I'm going to keep reading it this weekend. What's it about? After everything happens, so it's post-canon, Steve and Eddie, in the summer, start hooking up in his basement. But they don't really talk much about it, and Mm -hmm. they just go with it. And at the end of the summer, they both kind of move away then I'm hoping that they'll kind of get back together. But like I said, I'm only um, less than halfway through. So still kind of in in limbo of what's going to happen there. But it's it's definitely really fun. And the angst and like the unknowing and that kind of stuff is, mm-hmm. is, is definitely fun to read. And um, Jen recommended that to me and she said she had just finished it and really liked it. So I'm excited for that. And I also, she also writes fix too. And I know my first pod fic that I recorded was just a really short little holiday story that she wrote, which was so much fun. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to say that I have recorded another one of her stories, but I haven't released it yet. So I need to finish that and get it released too. So there's a fic by an author that we both really like, Adur, that yes. it's the series. It starts with Ink You Up. That's the first story. There's five okay. stories in the, in the series. Mm-hmm. I think the series as a whole is called Mark My Skin, Use Your Teeth. But it's like the tattoos. Okay. Have you read that? Like Eddie gives Steve a bunch of tattoos. I might have. I've read so much of their stuff. It's blending together. It's all great, but I'll have to look back. 
this one, I think one of the tags is like unsafe tattoo practices because like, <laughs> I mean, it's smut, man. It's like a very smutty series in the best way. But like, nice. you know, right after giving a tattoo i know i'm always um, blown away when they're like and then he gave you know eddie a full rib piece and then they're screwing and i'm like ow like i don't know if you know you know guys you know yeah but it's really good but so in that thick they they tattoo one of the tattoos that eddie gives steve is a flashlight so because like you know the flat like eddie hands steve the flashlight oh my god and, i didn't even think about that yeah <gasps> and then it's kind of like shining their way and the upside down like the flashlight is very kind of symbolic i think love that in season four so the fact that that author kind of used that as like one of the tattoos that they decide to get and it kind of symbolizes their relationship like i love that and i it like made me want a, tat a flashlight tattoo <laughs> oh yeah so the fact that i can like own like the flashlight <laughs> i love that you own it you think of that i love it it's like i don't even think of the show i think of steve and eddie and this fan fiction when i have this <laughs> flashlight <laughs> my um favorite fan art print that i've ever ordered is definitely one of my favorite merchandise pieces of merchandise as well and maybe we should you know shout out this uh this fan artist again on a another episode and yeah. kind of talk more about their work but it's um Nox Arcana art oh and my god they're fantastic my favorite piece of theirs and I actually own it like a big print of it is Stephen Eddie in the back of the van and Eddie has the guitar yes yeah oh my I gosh know. <laughs> know exactly what you're talking about yep yeah so that was one of my favorite that's one of my favorite um pieces of like stranger things steady merch also that's the beauty of like etsy and imprint and stuff like you'll actually be able to get prints now this is going down the rabbit hole of some of your favorite stories they even have candles guys based off some of your favorite picks like i know that there's a your divine candle and stuff yeah onion chiver yep. has an etsy shop and they do candles i love that they do that See, that's really cool. And I think that's cool. Like, I'm somebody with, like, scent kind of brings in, like, the biggest memories and stuff. I'm a huge candle person, obviously. But um, they describe, they're so descriptive with their words about how certain things smell and stuff. So that's cool that they make their own candles. But the fact that we live in a world where you can almost get merchandise based off your favorite fix, mind-blowing, but really, really cool. Oh, so, okay. We, I think that our pretty much finished mm -hmm. that was so fun can't wait for you to blast. listen um let us know what you think and we will continue going on this journey together sounds good all right over and out over and out mm -hmm.